HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My name is Sarah Kim, and I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm a Cheeselandian because while life is great, cheese makes it better. Go to Cheeselandia.com to learn more, and if it's for you, sign up. It's time for lunch. Welcome to Time for Lunch. This is a place to learn about eating, cooking, enjoying, and sometimes playing with your food. Each episode, we cover a new subject. I'm Hannah Forden. And I'm Harry Rosenblum. Tune in for food, fun, and especially flavor. We have a very special guest here for lunch today, and it's up to you to guess who they are and what the theme of today's episode is. Ready? Okay, special guest, what shape are you? Well, I might come to you in a hard, round little ball... Or maybe in a finely ground powder. Are you grown or are you made? I am grown. Where would I find you? So chances are you can find me in your kitchen. Maybe on the table or on the counter or in the pantry. I'm also in many, many dishes that you eat every day. Ah, okay. So you're something we eat. How would I use you? Would I eat you on your own? Mm, probably not. I'm usually sprinkled on top of food, and pretty rarely would you eat me all by myself. Hmm, sounds like it could be salt. But we learned all about salt last week. <sighs> I need a hint. Okay, I have a good one for you. Salt is actually my best friend. We go everywhere together. Okay, Harry, do you know who I am? Thanks for the hint. I think I've got it. You're Pepper. Pepper is pretty essential in most kitchens. I know. I can't live without it. Most of us are used to having pepper on savory dishes like steak or soup, or this morning I had pepper on my scrambled eggs. But I also really enjoy what pepper can bring to sweets as well. This time of year in January, I love making hot chocolate and adding not just cocoa to my warm milk, but cinnamon and black pepper as well. Just that little bit of spice can warm you up on a cold winter day. Oh, wow. I never thought about putting pepper on hot cocoa. I've got to try that. I have two pepper grinders at my house, one next to the stove for when I'm cooking and one at the table from when I'm eating. And I use pepper all the time. 
It's hard to describe why, but it just makes food taste better. It's not exactly spicy either. I find the kind of pepper we're talking about today to just add like an earthiness or almost like it sort of warms up your mouth. Mm, Yeah, that's a really good way of describing it. I think that's why it's so good in hot chocolate. So, Harry, do you think, does pepper actually make you sneeze? That's something I feel like I've only seen in cartoons, but I don't know if I've actually experienced it. Oh, it makes me sneeze for sure. I recently opened a jar that had some ground spices in it, and I wasn't sure what it was, and I took a big sniff, and whoo, ah-choo, it was definitely pepper in that jar. (laughs) What did the pepper say to the salt? What's shaking? Now it's time for our question of the day. The answer to this question is somewhere in the episode, so keep an ear out. How many different colors can peppercorns be? Listen carefully and see if you can find the answer. My wooden pepper grinder, which I actually bought at the old Brooklyn kitchen, it's never ever without fresh peppercorns. Just like salt, pepper is an essential ingredient for cooking and eating at home. Now, pepper is what we would consider a spice. And like a lot of spices, they're often used in small amounts with big, flavorful results. I'm lucky enough to buy my pepper and a lot of spices from a friend and spice expert. Hi, my name is Ori Zohar, and I'm the co-founder of Burlap & Barrel, a single-origin spice company that works directly with smallholder farmers across the world to source incredibly flavorful spices. Burlap and Barrel is a single-origin spice company, so that means that they work directly with farmers all over the world to bring you delicious spices, all from one source. Now, I use pepper at least once a day, but I'm honestly not sure where this spicy essential actually comes from. So if you've ever taken a look at a single peppercorn, they look like small rocks or maybe seeds. But it turns out they're actually neither. Peppercorns are the fruit of a climbing vine. And as the vine climbs up the tree, it has flowers, the flowers will get pollinated, and then they produce a fruit that these are these small green round fruits. And as they ripen, they go from green to yellow to orange to red to purple. And that's when you have your really ripe peppercorns. But they grow in bunches like grapes on a vine. And What you're actually having when you're having a peppercorn is you're having almost like the outside, like crinkly skin is is the fruit of it. Oh, that's so cool. I love hearing about the range of colors that peppercorns can be. It's like they're just as colorful as they are flavorful. And what's really cool is as they grow in these bunches, the peppercorns, um, the flowers can get pollinated just by a single drop of rain running down the vine And that can end up knocking the flowers enough to pollinate them. And then that creates the peppercorns and that then fruit and turn into this that the farmers pick by hand. Big thanks, as always, to pollinators. But where in the world do the peppercorns grow? I don't think I've ever seen them outside of a grocery store shelf or in my pantry. I wonder if I could grow them in my garden. So peppercorns are native to Asia. Um, There's some peppercorns that come from India, some peppercorns that come from Southeast Asia. Um, And so that's where they originally grew from. They like kind of warmer, more humid climates. I could do with a warm, humid climate right now. (laughs) It's so cold in New York. 
sounds like you can't grow them here, Harry. Sorry. Now, Ori had some really great advice about how to get to know spices and new foods in general. I love to use more than one sense to experience what we eat. Harry, can you remind us of our five senses? So first we have hearing, which is what our listeners are doing right now. And then we have sight and smell and touch. And last, but absolutely not least, my favorite, taste. Right. And you know, while taste is obviously important when it comes to food, there are so many other ways to interact. We look at the sight, the smell, and then finally the taste. And so when you look at peppercorns, you'll notice the crinkly skin on the outside. And that, if the peppercorn is fully ripened, gets sweeter and sweeter. Um, then the inside, if you bite through it, you'll see the white seed on the inside, and that's where the source of all the spiciness from it. When you smell the peppercorns, you will smell that pepperiness that you're used to, but depending on where they come from, sometimes they can be gingery, sometimes they can smell sweet and fruity, sometimes they can smell lemony, and that's one of the beautiful things of seeing. And then when you get to the taste, you'll bite into it, and at the beginning, you'll have a little bit of the fruitiness that comes from the skin, the crinkly skin of the peppercorn, and then you'll start feeling the heat a little bit in the front of your tongue at the beginning, and then it'll go back towards your tongue and increase and increase. I'm going to try that myself, but I don't know if I want to eat a whole peppercorn. Usually we don't eat peppercorns directly because they're too spicy. It's not fun. It's, it's unpleasant to eat whole peppercorns. Um, but when you start having the pepper flakes, you can start tasting them and seeing how it changes in your fruit. But first you can put a little bit on your hand and just try a little bit and then try your dish without it and then put a little bit on there and then try your dish with it. And that's always the best way to be able to start figuring out how spices add flavor to your food is by doing these little experiments and these little trials. You can even take the next time you have scrambled eggs, you can break it up into two parts on your plate, one part without the peppercorns, one part with the peppercorns, and then try them separately. And then take a second and again, smell it, taste it, and then take a second and don't eat anything afterwards for like 10 seconds and just see how the flavor and see how the, the flavor changes in your mouth as the peppercorns start moving across all of your taste buds. Thank you so much to Ori Zohar from Burlap and Barrel for teaching us all about peppercorns. That was so much fun. Let's take a quick break and be back with some fun facts. My name is Sarah Kim and I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm a Cheeselandian because while life is great, cheese makes it better. Wisconsin cheese has proven time and time again to be a delicious expression of craft, hard work, and tradition. As a Cheeselandian, I am able to share a Gouda experience with fellow cheese and food lovers nationwide, as well as connect with cheese producers and cheesemongers, taking my love of cheese to another level. I invite you to join Cheeselandia because during these difficult times, it has been even more important to take it easy and get cheesy. The Cheeselandia community and events have been the glue helping to keep us together and connected and I would love it if you would join me and let's face it if you hear the word cheese and get a little hungry then you've found a place you can call home to find out more about Cheeselandia go to cheeselandia.com welcome back to time for lunch today we're learning about peppercorns did you know that black pepper and chili peppers are actually completely different plants Black pepper is sometimes called a peppercorn because it grows on a vine, as we just learned, in small clusters of balls, and they almost appear similar to a mini ear of corn. Chili peppers, however, grow in a pod. The reason for the name mix-up is because when Christopher Columbus arrived in the Americas, he thought, 
he was in Asia. He thought that the Caribbean was India and that chilies were peppercorns. So while this is pretty funny to think about, it's a reminder of how European colonialism has shaped and sometimes confused and darkened the stories behind a lot of our favorite foods. Do you know pepper is the number one selling spice in the United States? Black pepper used to be used as a medication for toothaches, diarrhea, and many more ailments. Today, most of its conceived healing values have been disproven. If your mouth is burning from eating something spicy, you should try drinking milk instead of water. It'll help cool you off much faster. Humans have been eating pepper for more than 4,000 years. That's a long time. And just like we talked about in our salt episode, long ago, during the Middle Ages, peppercorns were worth more than silver by weight. Wowzers, those were some spicy facts. I think it's time for a dance break. Today's recipe is like a simple macaroni and cheese using spaghetti called cacio e pepe. And that means cheese and pepper. So I'm boiling one pound of spaghetti and I have grated one cup of cheese. I mixed Parmesan and Pecorino together and I have one tablespoon of freshly ground black pepper. Now that my pasta is cooked, I'm gonna put about a tablespoon of olive oil into a small skillet and I'm gonna take a large tong full of spaghetti out of the water, put it into the warm skillet with the olive oil, and then I'm gonna take that, and I'm gonna take a handful of my cheese and some of my pepper, and I'm gonna mix it in. You wanna get an even distribution of the cheese all around the pasta so that the cheese is melting and I'm moving the pasta around. And basically what you end up with is delicious spaghetti with cheese or cacio e pepe. One of the great things about this recipe is you can always add more cheese and more pepper. It's that time in the show where Harry and I talk a little bit about what made us happy this week, a bright spot. So for me, one of my bright spots uh, ties back to our guest, Ori from Burlap and Barrel. I was lucky enough to chat with him a couple of times this week about different ingredients that he sources, and he was nice enough to send me some super delicious spices right to my door. Um, and so I got to try a bunch of different chili pepper varieties that Burlap and Barrel makes, and it's definitely been helping to keep me warm and happy during uh, these, you know, super cold winter weeks. That's awesome. I love burlap and barrel spices. They really are the best. This week, a bright spot for me is that my dad, who I have not gotten to see very much during the pandemic, got his first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. 
And so that means that hopefully I'll get to see him soon once he's been fully vaccinated. So I want to give thanks to all the people who are out there helping to distribute the vaccine. I'm hopeful that we're nearing the end of having to worry about catching or spreading COVID-19 when we see family and friends, and that we can get back to things like sleepovers and dinner parties really soon. I have a good feeling about this spring. Oh, man, Harry, I love hearing that. I'm excited for your dad. I just really can't wait to hug all of my friends. That's what I miss the absolute most. For sure. At the beginning of the episode, we asked... How many different colors can peppercorns be? And the answer is... They produce a fruit that these are these small, green, round fruits. And as they ripen, they go from green to yellow to orange to red to purple. Thanks for listening to Time for Lunch today. We'll be back next week with more tasty stories. This show is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Harry Rosenblum and Hannah Forden, with engineering by Liam Warner. Emily Kunkel is our associate producer. Music in this episode was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder, and our fun facts theme was created by our very own Liam Warner. Special thanks this week to Ori Zohar from Burlap and Barrel. You can find more at burlapandbarrel.com. Time for Lunch is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Time for Lunch is also a part of Kids Listen, the number one app for finding great podcasts for kids of all ages. You can learn more at kidslisten.org, and you can download the app from iTunes or the Google Play Store. Time for Lunch is powered by Simplecast. And one thing I wanted to mention this week is that parents, if you are interested in learning more about spices, um, one of our sister shows here at HRN, Meat and Three, is doing a deep dive into the history of spices. So I highly recommend checking that out. It's super fun, and you'll be hearing a little bit from me. And as always, remember to stay in touch, whether you have a joke you'd like to share or if you'd just like to tell us what you had for lunch, we love to hear from our listeners. Send us your recipes, poems, book or podcast recommendations or anything else you think we'd like. It's super easy to record yourself using the voice memo app on an iPhone or just taking a video. Ask your favorite grown-up to help you email us at timeforlunchpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to include your name, age, and your address so we can send you a little something in return. Time for Lunch is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. Thanks for listening.